Welcome everyone to the Lighter Mind Podcast. In the Lighter Mind, we explore spirituality, personal growth, trauma, recovery, and the path to wholeness. The Lighter Mind Podcast is not intended to diagnose or treat any forms of mental illness. We are not licensed therapists unless otherwise noted, and these are experiential conversations. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Lighter Mind Podcast. I got Alan and Crow, and today we are going to be discussing spirituality. And I got Mr. Crow slash Chris over here, who <laughs> who every time that I, I speak to this gentleman, we have some type of spiritual, spiritually related conversation that always leaves me walking away thinking about spirituality, God, whatever, you know, what have you, what have you. And, um, yeah, I think I'm going to pass it over to him. And um, what, what were you thinking on this topic, Chris? What, is this, what does this look like to you? Wow, you just called me Chris. I'm trying to break the habit because Alan calls you Chris. I know. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, let me give you a hand with that. Quit it. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Croster, um, what do you got? <laughs> yeah. You know, this is a, such a vast and tricky topic to go into. Uh, you know, if I tried to take notes on this, which I do, because really this is kind of what I do all day long. And it's kind of interesting now to, in this context, to really surmise it all. But I guess the best way for me to really start opening that can is to talk about it experientially. It's the only basis that I have, because I don't know of any one way or one professional person that tells you the way, the way to that, which for us in addiction recovery is everything because it's that moment where I, I want to surrender and hand over this big ship to a power, something greater than me, whatever that looks like, whatever that is. And it's like, oh, hell no. You, you know, I mean, we have this, this, a life of number one conditions that's just the way it is we have to have conditions most of them you know as small children they're 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 good i should say a lot of them are good don't play in the street when it's a busy street well that will save our life i mean there's a lot of conditions we just don't do but then the rest is what we pick up as manifests as capital t trauma or small t trauma and it's a body response, and it's the response to not only that, but then, of course, you know, you've gone into trauma and everything else with the previous weeks. Of now, it's sort of we learned almost everything by the age of seven for the rest of our life. Now, it's almost like a, a journey of unpacking and peeling the onion away, as it were, to get back to a place of, as they say, remembering, to remember who you were and what the hell you're doing here and let's giddy up and be you uh, as the you know the inscription over the temple of Delphi said know thyself right no I mean who, wh what are we doing so but when we experience any sort of big shattering event in our life 
it, it cracks that. It cracks that armor. It pulls the mask right off your face. Let's say you were a CEO and your job title was this, and that's all you identified as, and that's that's fantastic. Um, if it if it works, if it works, that becomes your truth, your capital T truth. If it works. Um, Perhaps you're an alcoholic, like I am or was. Um, that was an endless cycle of just the way it was. And for whatever reason, let's say you're uh, uh, married, you have a family, you're a husband, a wife, you are identified, you are that until there's a separation in that. This separation point in our life, especially midlife, is when it, when it comes on. This realization shatters all that, breaks into our sort of quotidian reality, and shatters us right out of it. Now what? Now who am I? Now it's almost a forcing of what Carl Jung refers to as the shadow. I have to turn around and confront it. I have to confront that that I did not want to. I'm in a phase to where the journey is no longer out and it's the scariest one I've ever taken and nobody will teach us how but it's an inward journey. Now we're getting to a point where it's inward. As Carl Jung says, he said, uh, who, who looks outside dreams, who looks inside awakes. And I think that was exactly what happened to me. <laughs> when I when I finally woke up one day, age 52, and said, uh, enough. Now. Not tomorrow I'm going to pick up the phone to go into a detox. It's now. The moment is right now. I had no idea where it was going further or what was behind me anymore. I knew what was behind me, and I knew that I... I could not, absolutely could not go another step in life. That would just be soul rot, soul death, total bankruptcy, as they say. So, but I had no idea what was ahead. So it was step by step. I got into a detox. I went into um, a, a community that, that helped me with that sobriety. I know we don't mention all the names and all the people. But in my journey is what it exactly was to find and reclaim that that was most imperative in me. The most challenging one that I was longing for was my spirituality back. What I call the spiritual. The spiritual. How does... I don't know how one describes a spiritual, a spiritual path. To me, it's the trust and faith of something outside us and ourself in this world that's greater that's bigger and more purposeful and more meaningful than just all that my five senses could be possibly trapped in right so how do I do that I had no idea how to do that how did I come in touch with that I think the initial part on my journey was knowledge I still needed to be convinced I st still needed to learn and I learned later on that, that that was an early, early, early first century Christianity called Gnosticism. 
So everything, as I was learning, what I realized as I was peeling back and learning all this knowledge, what I was really, really realizing is that I was wrapping language around the bones of what I've always known, if that makes sense. It was sort of an opening up of resetting, recalibrating all the time my North Star, like, oh, this is, this is good. And then it would turn me, things, something would shift just slightly, and then it would open to another venue of learning and more people to know that would help along the way to find that spiritual quest. But what it really, really was came down to was the hardest part, and I know it is for most people, most people, whether you're in addiction recovery or whether you're not, it's to the point of surrender, to surrender to that. Our lives are engineered and geared towards not surrendering, to always being in control, to always knowing an answer or acting like you have one you know so because there's conditions so you're asking me to surrender to something I can't see outside my own autonomy and agency that I can't understand or explain to you and something that has no conditions do you see how limitlessly almost Impossible. this task is for most. This is crazy. So what I, what I did is I came across this guy, and I think I discussed this in our epi- episode one, I believe, is where I talked about I came across a philosopher by the name of Joseph Campbell. And Joseph Campbell really took a, every, everything, I was going to say a whole bunch of, but no, it's really everything. Every story, every mythology, every from every culture across the globe, he put those stories together, and he came up with one fact that really we're all telling ourselves. That's one narrative, and he called that the hero's journey. And I realized, wow, I thought my journey was something bigger than this at this point. And it was like, no, you're on it, just like every other human on the planet is on it. And we can't get off. And it's not this linear path that I thought it was. Born here, die here. I'm about this age, so I got just about an inch left on that lot. No, it's a circle. This baby moves in a big circle. And he really could come along. And as you look at all of the Greek mythology, King Arthurian legends, you look at... uh, uh, legends and folklore from ancient Egypt to the Aztec to the Mayans to Native American Indians uh, uh, culture, which is just vibrant with the, the creationism of it all. And it's woven into their the way they thought. I mean, and it's all the same story, which is the evolution of us and that we're supposed to evolve. I was supposed to change. Period. End of story. End of subject. I was supposed to change. And I got into a point in my life where I refused that call. First off, I didn't see that call. I, I, I knew something needed to happen, but I couldn't quite get back from a distance 
the view from above to look at me and say, okay, this is how we do it. This is how we start that journey. But if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. But so Campbell described it, this circle, in right. really three separate stages. Yeah. Well, we did that whole podcast. And here's where I'm having a hard time making the connection between Campbell and spirituality. Because I don't think you have to have a spiritual component to be on the hero's journey. I don't think, like, that's that's a prerequisite. I think that, right? So, okay, elucidate me. Which brings me to another point, which is how this is so elusive and so tricky. What are we entitling in that one small boxed-in word of spirituality? Well, that's, what I are, mean, what are so we this is the that? conversation we're having, right? Right, yes. It's I mean, so vast. And this right. is why it gets so vast. That the more you draw out of this frame is some people's spiritual center is the seed of knowledge, which was the very epicenter and the very heart of what Campbell would describe as the Holy Grail, the elixir that you are actually returning back with is knowledge, but knowledge that's converted in an experiential way towards the path of wisdom which goes deeper than a bunch of facts that you've learned and that you're spitting back it is an inherent knowing right it's so okay you so want gonna, to I'll... call that you can call that whatever you want some some folks that are listening might say well that's just describing you know, Sufism. That's describing Christianity. That's describing Islam. That's right. descri- well, and there's a but common thread in a lot of religions, and that's and what Campbell practices. was getting to, right? Yes. And that's what I've gleaned from it. But I don't think that. I mean, I've watched the Bill Moyers thing with him, and and I don't know. I to me, the spiritual component is super hard to put your finger on like is it necessary right is it necessary for this journey it what what is so i'm kind of what i think i'm trying to ask is what is the importance of it like you can do this you could have become who you are without a spiritual component you could have said okay i'm on this hero's journey right but i don't need a higher power i just need my own power and maybe that is calling on a higher power, but you don't realize it or, or, you know, so, so I'm going to, for me and coming from being an atheist most of my life and now being a seeker, I'm seeking right now. I'm trying to pick your brain as to what it is. So uh, you talk and then I I, got to interject with something. That's a great question. It's like, why can't, I more or less say that it must be inspired by God or a higher power or (coughs) Allah or whatever that I'm going to do this on my own accord. The problem, at least for me, and I know for millions of other people across the planet, was that we're out of options. We're out of ideas. We're out of it. it. The jig is up. For me, 
I knew the jig was up. I needed knowledge, guidance, I needed a mentor, I needed education, and I needed strength to go through the process. I had to call on that. But my old mythologies of every icon that I could possibly pull on, I had already done in the past. So I needed something outside beyond me. Right. Because everything I ever touched or everything I knew, that was inherently what was fucked up. So I had to, to draw on something outside. And at the point that I got to, of utter absolute surrender, and I know many listeners have gotten to this point, is where you're kind of, that kind of, you are not going to settle for another human's blah, 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 information, knowledge, education coming at you. You're tired. You're tired of all the old stories, the old narratives of anybody can give you, educators, I'm tired of listening to mom, tired of listening to dad. I'm tired of listening to anybody that wants me to subscribe and get pulled into that. So it's a pulling away to come back to center. And I needed a center that would hold because mine, the way I was operating previously was not. I needed to call on something outside far greater than anything I was aware of. And that... And, and my old religion wasn't even going to work. That, it, it, I was not going back to that. There were parts of the traditions that I loved. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I was a, that was inherited to me by my, my father. You know, I loved it. And I still do um, for what they are. But I needed to go beyond that and dive deeper into that and, and sort of incarnate or be incarnated, and I think it was the process of being allowed that that experience is what I what I was longing for, and because you got to understand too, we come to a place where we're desperate. We are desperate, and we are out of of answers. If that makes the situation more more clear yeah it does and in some ways you know but i think again as devil's advocate you'd be like well you just needed a little more intestinal fortitude you know (laughs) sure sure toughen toughen up right and so and that and so i mean and i'm not disparaging any of this because you know like i said i'm trying to figure it out i think we're all trying to figure it out you know i just uh so to me it's like do and, and, and maybe it's a personal thing, right? You know, like for you, this was super important. And for Kyle, it's something different. Like whatever. Well, it's going to be a stretch, or, maybe, right, for, or for X, Y, Z. It's going to be a stretch or yeah. it's going to be it's going to be an absolute flat out hell no. Right. And then, you know, you meet, you know, people who are super, like, dogmatic about their religion rather than spirituality. And I always think of that South Park where it's like... The, everyone that goes to hell. Well, I was spiritual, but not religious. You know? <laughs> so, um, well, let, so let me let me interject something here. So, good point, though, Al. I I think that I need to back this up to because we're talking about spirituality 
where we're currently perceiving our spirituality. And so we're talking like we've we've already found we've already found our higher power. We're already going through our own spiritual process. I need to pull this back to almost like where was I when I first got sober? And when I first got sober, the word God offended me. <laughs> I, right. I am highly, highly traumatized by that word because of my upbringing. Mm-hmm. And I know that other people in recovery are. And when people hear the word spirituality, they think it's synonymous with God. So I have the definition of spirituality right here. Okay. This definition of spirituality is the quality of being concerned with the human spirit or soul as opposed to material or or physical things. There is, so in the base of spirituality, I think that it's, for me personally, it was one of the most crucial steps in my own self-actualization. And for people who don't know what that is, that is the process of becoming the best version of yourself. And... Can that be not spirituality? That that can be spirituality. Okay. So, but I think that when so I'm I'm thinking I'm trying to think about like when I was first sober, I did not want to give my power up to anything. I didn't want to focus on that. My first part of my spiritual journey had nothing to do with a higher power. It had to do with me humbling myself. It had to do with me. Uh, laying out my resentments and my character defects. It had to do with me. And I think that that is where it really ties into the hero's journey. Because I think that along the, the hero's journey, I think that we recognize more about ourselves. We learn, you know, about ourselves. We, we can We can fight our demons and we kind of conquer our things. And then for me, later on in the process is when, you know later on in my first year of recovery is when I started to start looking at like a higher power and what that actually meant. And so I think that this whole higher power thing for me personally was not the first part of my spiritual journey. It was me realizing that I'm selfish, that my way of thinking is skewed, mm-hmm. that I am wrong most of the time. My perception is is warped and that in itself is spirituality is starting to pick apart who we think we are our own perceptions of our our reality and the higher power thing didn't come in until a little bit later Mm -hmm. and i think that like when i i think back to talking to some of my sponsees that i've had you know they're um in the program that i was in there's there's a certain part of this process where we're supposed to give up our, uh, we're supposed to give up everything to a higher power. Mm-hmm. Most people start getting high as soon as we start talking about that. Sure, because they don't understand the concept that that God can be in this process. And so I had I had a sponsor a long time ago tell me that really what ends up happening when we get to that part of the step because the next step uh, after that is going to be the inventory he said that you don't have to have a higher power that really when you when you finish this step you are making a commitment to finish the rest of the work and then everything else kind of comes as you go and i really think that that's that's the embodiment of spirituality for me 
is that it is that journey of really picking apart who you think you are, you know, and, and who, you, you know, whatever, you know, whatever bullshit we tell ourselves on a regular basis. I thought it was a damn rock star. That was fucking wrong, you know? And so I really think that, like, to even break it down further, like... Because I know that this is such this is such a scary topic for people, you know. It definitely is because, especially when we're living in a a world dominated by religion, you know, we're dominated by the world God and going to heaven and hell and all. You know, it's just just fear run rampant. Mm-hmm. And so I think that for anyone who is struggling with higher power or God or anything, take that out of the equation, you know, and. If that, and along your spiritual journey, if that comes to you at some point, then that's part of your spiritual journey. But I don't necessarily know, I don't necessarily know if it, and it's going to look different for everyone. It's going to look different, you know, it's going to look different. Like you have studied so much into countless religions Mm -hmm. you know and so and i have you know i have a a catholicism background and so i have i have that like you know if you if you sin you're going to hell kind of thing burned into my conscience oh yeah you know for most most um i don't know about other countries but i can speak for the united states it it didn't matter if you went to church with your family or not yeah you know words yeah and they hurt yeah. words like sin, mm-hmm. repent, yeah, uh, hell, heaven. You know these words without really understanding the the true context of them. So we start to piece this this narrative, this mythology together in our heads as little kids on playgrounds. We don't need to be around or have anything to do with any religion to mm-hmm. understand that's a part it's it's in the air we breathe and the water we swim in this country mm-hmm. but nobody nobody really unless they go into some sort of theology school or a seminary of any kind is going to get a proper understanding and even then it's it's depends on where you go for that that you're going to yeah. get a real understanding to go about this journey so it's Science over on one end, spirit and God over on the other end. And two, I'm holding out my hands in two extreme opposite things. And that is so far from the truth mm-hmm. that we start to find, well, now I'm hung up by all the images, the deities, because, boy, I don't know, I can't find that thing like, uh, you know, uh, Adam did as he was reaching for him in the roof of the Sistine Chapel, you know, and you keep thinking the guy in the sky, beard, the whole, you, I dare yeah, anybody we personify to remove it. all your images, mm-hmm. to remove all your icons, to remove the word, take G-O-D out of this, get rid of it. Mm-hmm. Unless it's an acronym that shows up in an AA meeting, then you, that's a good, but just leave, leave it all behind, leave it at mm-hmm. the door. Now we're going into a terrain of what Campbell describes. When we've left our language behind, you're moving into symbol. Hmm. And you understand exactly what you're saying here, Kyle, about that initiatory process. Mm-hmm. Okay? It's, very, it's exactly what 
we go through in those programs mm -hmm. okay you're being held by the hand to walk through the fire as it were and to go into the castle and slay your dragons mm -hmm. but what Campbell also mentions that we cannot forget is at the end of that initiatory period when life is hell and we're going inward and through it that we've got to die every hero in every folklore yeah. has to die or, uh, you know and it, he quotes yeah. Nietzsche that says the snake that cannot shed its skin must perish <laughs> I was just about to say that so yep. <laughs> if there's one thing I ask all my my clients that I that I talk to I don't care what you remember out of my mouth. I want you to remember that one quote and write it down. Mm -hmm. You don't shed your old life however mm -hmm. possible. You'll know when you do because it, and I guess, Alan, that goes to your point of, of surrender, utter absolute surrender where you are outside your five senses and you are outside this material realm because there's nothing that can half the time explain to someone else um, sort of this this lifting yeah uh, because along with that you're going to have a tremendous amount of perspective and that is how you know mm -hmm. a lot of people describe that as clarity mm -hmm. a lot of people describe that as the world starts to pop <laughs> Yeah. Uh, in, I mean, every, I mean, do you notice how many colors there are right now? Yeah. Yes, I've always, they've always yeah, been there. Yeah, always been um, there. You're just seeing them for the people, first time. <laughs> people also describe just a lightness of being like something has been lifted off of them. And when you do, that's, that's, that's the moment of that, of that absolute utter shedding of the skin. But yeah. I could never and would not, and I can sure tell you to this day, I will not do that for another human. Mm -hmm. Because there's a part that has to remain conditional. Sorry, that's the way it is. Whether we're husband and wife, there's, there's with conditions, and that's a whole other group, you know, mm -hmm. podcast for another time on trust issues. You have to have that. Those are inherent that have to be mm -hmm. in place. But for me to go beyond and outside and give that mm -hmm. is, 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 I guess you could call that spirituality. I guess you could call that, uh, God, yeah, you call it what you like. Um, but that was, that, that is, you know, what's most important and what comes with that is a change of a shift in perspective mm -hmm. perspective changes and now now there is a almost a sixth sense a sixth sense of awareness mm -hmm. and i just kind of digressed a little bit or i jumped ahead a little bit i'm sorry Not it's still relevant it's i still, still relevant. jumped ahead just slightly on that step but to tie back to what you were saying about it just means you're going to keep going because for yeah. the first time in my life once I started to work on it and lay down in the path as I often describe that and put myself in the path of this whatever mm -hmm. um, it gave me just enough hope yeah okay now hope I have since sort of realized isn't 
nothing more than the possibility of change. I, and I think the word possibility in there is very, very important. Well, it's a 50-50. Yeah, yeah because there's – and I think that people need to really understand that especially if you're going to go into any of the type of programs that, that I went through, um, I really think that we need to get down to understanding that there's just a possibility that something greater than myself – yeah, there's a yeah. possibility. You yes. don't. We don't have to know either way. You I think, but I think it. that's where that hope comes from, though, is yes. that there's just a chance, just a possible chance, right, that something greater than myself and then can change me. Yes, and then one could ask, well, what's the difference then between hope and faith? But I, I think faith is. To me, faith was stepping into a, a place of knowing, a place of trust. Mine fell into a place of trust because it was that formidable. But, but we also have to understand that the flip side coin of faith is doubt. So that's the human side to me. I'm not, it doesn't er- er- eradicate my doubt about all this. But I'm willing, more willing to live with that in the faith and the trust because um, I'm far along enough in the journey that I'm not going back. Mm-hmm. Because life is getting too exciting at, by that point. Once I'd learned and wrestled with that pain, and I don't think I've known anybody that has gone into deeper interior work than you, um, I know that Alan's done quite a bit on shadow work, um, and I remember those times that you and you were going through that, and I'm sure you know your wife does as well, because it's not easy work. But you have just gone through years of interior slaying your dragons. Still doing it. And did you find in slaying your dragons that there's more power in actually loving your dragon? Yeah, and I think that that even we we could even tie that back into the episode that we had with Jill, where we had we were talking about the parts work, and I think that yes, I was I think that like I, I mean fast. like yeah, recently I think that I, I have been able to, I think that I've been able to separate the different parts and be able and I and I start to realize that like my own dragons are myself. And I think that I am my own worst enemy, but to being able to separate those different parts of myself, show those unconditional compassion that I try to show for other people, that I think that I have made friends with a lot of those, a lot of the, you know, the, the parts of me that like to critique myself mm-hmm. or the parts, you know, that like to shame or the parts of me that like to panic or do any of these things that I think that that has absolutely become one of my i guess we can call it my spiritual practice is that i have to make peace with myself i have to keep peace with myself yes and because if i don't if i have internal turmoil that's going to show up externally as well yes and yes and uh the more you learn a new language and a total absorbed language in self-compassion 
don't you think that's going to translate outward as yeah, well? Absolutely. Okay. It absolutely will. So, so yeah, well, then therefore this is perspective. Has yeah, shifted. no, it definitely is. And I think that like, I, I think that, but it started with knowledge. It started with knowledge. And I think that that's where, um, that, that actually segues really in really well into what I was, I was thinking. So I, I had talked in my story, um, for anyone who's, who's listened to Crows, Allen's and I story, um, I was talking about my spiritual experience that I, that I had had through my own recovery. And there, there's, I, I'll just repeat it again. There's two types of spiritual experiences. There's like the burning bush moment where something just crazy out of worldly kind of happens to you. And then there's the spiritual experience of the educational variety. And so that for me was doing that my slowly creeps up. You mean yeah, yeah. Well, it okay. was, well, no, not necessarily even that it was, for me, my first like spiritual experience that I really had, um, well, I had one when I was when I hit rock bottom. But my my first spiritual experience in recovery was when I started to do my inventory on myself and I started to really piece apart who I am, what are my character defects, and through that I had that change of perception which was my spiritual experience of the educational variety. I had learned enough about myself to overcome those parts of myself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's where, that is really where that perception switched. There was nothing to do with God. There was nothing to do with anything outside of myself. That was right. Kyle digging into his muscle yes. and his shadow and uncovering parts of myself that were hiding in the, in, in the darkest parts of my fucking soul. Perfect. And from there is when, you know, you just, you can really start to question your whole existence and how you operate what you know what actually matters to you what do i what do i do from here so in doing that that exercise that your brain your body your soul started to do was a longing to step back and out and out right absolutely so you quit you or quit, in or you know, in or in, but in yeah. at the same time yeah. so you gained what is called insight mm-hmm and outside, you can see small and focus on the small, but at the same time, you're looking at broader, bigger patterns, mm-hmm. and you were gaining as you were gaining this clarity. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And that was that was, I Big was that 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 shift. was the first part of my spiritual journey, you know. And I think that I and I really think that people have to understand that, like, like self work, shadow work is part of a spiritual experience. Absolutely. Like it, it abs- Absolutely. Or a spiritual journey. I think it's, it's, you know, until something else happens in your life, I think we have to, we really have to learn, look internally and we have to uncover everything that is wrong with us. You know, not necessarily wrong, but all the defects that we have um, until it becomes external. And, and this ties right in with, with, the path to uh, meaning meaning I want meaning meaning and purpose and I can gain small gains and build the self-esteem and confidence as I go uh, through purpose yeah ultimately it it aligns me with a greater sense of meaning even through all of 
all of the the pain and the initiatory process that you know everything that that it manifests anyhow but something else started to happen too with this perspective shift in you and you often I know the way just in the way you've just always describe it both you do this the power of observation Mm. so I, I think there's a correlation here between between the a presupposition of a of a of a situation we live presuppositionally i mean look at us we really do we do a lot but to be aware of the fact that i'm doing that is pretty wild because it's like holy cow i just made an assumption or prediction about this this and the other thing and if I step back and observe myself doing this, then we're on the road to to awareness, greater awareness of just wow. Then, then if I can do that with with that, um, then with that broader pattern like you're talking about, that greater awareness, that greater insight. At the same time, I'm looking out, and w- through the power of just observation with nothing else attached to it no more emotional charge i'm starting to lose all of that because i'm just simply holding everything out for what it is and that ties directly into what i started to stumble across is this new way of thinking and uh I just I was so excited about it because I finally finally I regained from first time in my life probably I regained a sense of control a sense of control by not being in control and being okay with that but I had something else I regained my agency through this knowledge by understanding it was my choice all along how I handle a situation is my choice not their choice, not the world's choice, not anybody. I have that choice. And I ran over to Alan's house with this because I was so excited. I said, listen to this. And I started to describe it to him. And he just stared at me and just, bro, you're talking about stoicism. (laughs) And I went, oh, way to burst my bubble. I thought I had stumbled across something new, but this is what, this is how it works. I don't know. This is how it works, you see? Yeah. I, I just started stoicism. To... I don't think really is a spiritual practice. Mm-hmm. You know, I think. Can it... we say that we bust already taken spirit the word out of the room? So can we say all of it? Well, it's a philosophy. I, yeah. Well, yeah, it's a philosophy, and I think you need to have a life philosophy. But you know, I mean, so the spiritual thing is just really hard for a lot of people to wrap their head around, and I don't know if we can if it's ever answerable. Or, Probably not. You know, or until you're make, dead, if right? We make too much maybe, out of it. Yeah, maybe once you're dead, and <laughs> either it's like a light switching off and it's over, or all of a sudden you're like, "Holy shit, they were right." I'm going down this little path, and here's all my ancestors and all this power and energy, right? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. is it just like for me when I started thinking about it, I was thinking of spirituality as more of a energy flow. Yes. Yeah. Right? Yes. Yeah. And you yes. tap into it, right? Like, so yes. there's unanswerable things that we don't really get. But 
And, you know, I mean, you look back historically, like 2,000 years ago, everything was like, you know, a, a meteor would fly through the sky and like, oh, God's angry with us. You know, we better go kill 10,000 infants on the top of this pyramid. Right. Right. And, yeah. and then we'll be OK. Right. So that's a spiritual practice, maybe a religious practice. I don't know what it is, but looking at it through our eyes now, that's some crazy shit. Like, right. Really? Right. You know, mm-hmm. or, you know, come bring a giant flood to kill everyone be- or whatever. You you know, so all these things that were kind of not understood by humans at the time have been answered by science. But I think there's still this thing that is unanswerable. And that's, to me, that, that void that, you know, a spiritual practice, religious practice kind of fills all right so we're like okay this is i don't understand this like even the existential kind of thing like why are we here is this real mm-hmm. you know i mean sometimes like you read the shit that's going on in the world you're like <laughs> what kind of yeah. wake up wake me. up this dream you're, has to end right. you know right. um so it's such a it's i mean it's very uh amorphous and very hard to put your finger on this, mm-hmm. you know. It really is, and that's where I think, you know, you get into the facet of religion because religion kind of structuralizes it and gives it kind of like an easier way to grasp it. Like if I had grown, and I was born in Episcopal, Episcopal Church, but we never really went. I mean, went to Catholic Church a few times because we, we had to with my uncle. And it was, you know, I would just sit there like glazed eyed listening to, you know, he smote this and smited this and, you know, the locusts or whatever kind of crap they're trying to scare you. And then, oh, yeah, by the way, you're all going to hell unless we dip you in this tub of water or whatever the fuck they're thinking. So, you know, for me going through that, I was like, these people are crazy. Mm-hmm. Right. But as I got older, um, and once I started realizing there was more to life than me and this little journey we kind of went on at the same time. Yes. Um, but it's still, I think you're, you know, trying to fill these voids. And sometimes, you know, I'll even think it's a cop out like, well, I'm just going to put this in God's hands because it's too much for me to deal with. And then I'm like, well, that's kind of pussy. Like, am I being just a puss? Because I don't want, I don't want to deal with this shit. There's so just, the control coming back. Right. There's the element Right, right. And yeah. it's hard to, like, totally let go. So, yep. And I was just trying to find that Nick Cave thing that I sent you years ago where he talked about God and, you know, it was a little girl with a voice saying, I'm here. But I couldn't find it. Yeah, it's so, beautiful. Yeah, if I, if I find it, we'll put it up on the website. Because it was kind of that to me, which is funny that, you know, this rock guy was like kind of a turning point for me to be like yeah i'm okay with this like but you know i was always like you know such an unrepentant atheist and then um which brings me to something beautiful that you said too and what you're describing in that unknown is the mystery and there's a great deal inherently around all faith traditions since the beginning of mankind is this you either embrace mystery or you let it kick your ass or it scares you or it's almost how we reach out and touch mystery and how we respond to mystery says a great deal about us 
and what's going on inside. So the further we think it's out, the deeper it really is going in, I think. And to, I think one of the perspective shifts that I had in my recovery, I think, and this probably came down to this as the most spiritual, if I had to describe it, would be the fact that I'm okay with mystery. I love it. I embrace that. I don't know, but I still trust it. I not only have faith, I just trust it. And that's enough for a lot of us to move through the world. A lot of people in faith-based uh, uh, spiritual, religious traditions, whatever, th- that's how they live their entire life. And I've watched them, and they are some of the most beautiful people, humbled uh, by that because they've allowed themselves to totally fold into that. I have uncles and aunts, great uncles and aunts that were farmers in the Minnesota heartland, devout, devout Catholic, Roman Catholic, capital R, (laughs) Catholic, (laughs) and some of the most genteel, beautiful, and the, the, the just so so humble and ready to serve they had served they it's like they came into the world with a servant's heart it was amazing uh, and there seemed to be no end to it and i always wondered how where they got that but but the mystery is the beautiful thing but i think that's encoded into us and campbell describes that in the mytho- in the mythologies and in into us we're all te- we are a myth we're all telling ourselves a story what is the story you're telling yourself and that is the the question at each and every moment we're we're either as jung says we're living by an archetype or trying to be one that we're not we're trying to be some human that we're not which stresses us immensely on this planet or it's we're trying we're trying to go go out without really fully well once you find that are you going to be okay with that mystery and i i think going back to that thing on the sistine chapel the fingers don't touch you ever seen that picture or have you been there have you have you seen this? The fingers don't touch. Well, I've been right? there, and I think that space between is incredibly, incredibly important, and it has riddled and baffled scholars and theologians for thousands of years since it was painted as to why didn't you make them touch? And it, there's a great deal in that space. I think that space is silence, myself, because that's where we hear the divine and and with no noise or nothing not even my own narrative i think it's silence kind of like the last note of a symphony you know it's not actually the violin that just rises and breaks the last note is actually the silence when everybody's not even breathing thousands of people in a in a you know chamber hall and nobody breathes nobody moves you don't dare applaud it's the silence that just makes you tear up and I think it's in that mystery if you once you get to that point then there's no going back that to me is the seeing once you see it 
you cannot see that and that is that is I guess um, what I kind of realized about my spiritual journey was just the perspective shifts that I've had along the way and it was and it, it that that space also represents to me it, this is 50 50 you got to get out there you got to do your inner work you got to go to the, you gotta you gotta work and go and be willing to go inside um, in these different programs you have step work to do um, in other programs there's many others uh, wellbriety there's all kinds of these but it's you got to go through it's a step it's a process it's it's progress you know and it's it's and you have to really embrace that that it's a process it's not the end game goal it's loving your journey that's to me and learning to be able to observe that that i am in the journey and i'm good with this i don't think anybody uh, rarely can anybody do that and just sit back in a moment and go wow this is how every component of my body feels there's an an enormous amount of us that you know i'm i'm that that we're sleepwalking it's like we're not it's nominalism i mean we're we're just sleepwalking through our day we're in our head forward or past we're not here enjoying the journey right now um but that to me is another sign of the perspective shift i had so that i guess if you accumulated all those we're i'm i'm sort of on the path to whatever that 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 is i don't know i'll let you guys i'll radio back from the heavens when i die of what i do find but i think some of the greatest going back to what you'd said alan spiritual masters today are quantum physicists because they've gone so far out there in explaining the folds the energy the space that they there's no language to go beyond I, as I as I think I've got this right, that they're left with symbols to to come back, but it's touching, it's touching mystery. So that so you either embrace that or you need to control the situation and have an answer. I, to me, that is my spirituality: embracing mystery and loving it, and loving your journey. Yeah, well, maybe the I don't know thing is huge, you know, like so many people are so steadfast, you know, on either side of this, like the atheists are sure. And then, you know, the the real believer types, you know, as you were talking about your Catholic Minnesota relatives, I kept thinking of, well, the opposite end of that is like the Spanish Inquisition, you know? It's like, nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition, but they did horrible things, right? In the name of of religion and belief and faith. So, you know. Yeah, that's religion. And, you know, the tricky thing about religion as well is that we can't speak necessarily. I I certainly can't. Uh, And I'm not going to in in this context of of what was going on, the political climate, the geographic climate, the people. Um, how much did they know, the 
the people that carried out those things, I, I, those atrocities, and they were atrocities. And uh, yes, it was disgusting. But I, we can't even speak. We can't even speak into that now. But but um, yeah. So I mean, I mean, so that's where. I think people get hung up, right? Is on that line between spiritual and religious. And, you know, I mean, I would say a lot of super devout kind of people would say that spiritual people are all going to hell, you know? And I think there's that South Park thing again, which, you know, (laughs) every time it just keeps coming to my head. But um, so that we've been kind of trained that. You know, you well, and maybe it's just a power thing. Maybe it's you have to go and have instead of talking to God directly or whatever your thing is, you got to have this guy the channel who, who right. went to, so, to, so, to seminary and he yeah. somehow became yeah. a conduit to God, right? Right. right. So I got to go and I got to sit in this little thing and talk about all the fucked up shit I did this week. I finger banged this chick in the back of my car, blah, blah, blah. She wasn't my wife, whatever, you know, whatever the shit is that goes right. on. Um, Right. So, so that goes back to what I was mentioning before about how we learn all the negative, the, these, these words. We don't even know what they're, they mean. Sin, repent, heaven, hell, you're going to hell, or this or that. Yeah. Or you're a sinner. Yeah. Um, and nobody knows what they even mean. Well, the problem with most of us is that our parents weren't theologians. They weren't philosophers and scholars or therapists. Right. So they just so, wanted you to so, wash the dishes and clean your bed. Right. Or you're going to hell. <laughs> right. So exactly. we're hey, left, I just got off the phone with God, and you are definitely going to hell. We, we're left to our own accord to grow into a world to understand this, and then when something happens, we're completely unequipped. We're not only unequipped to go inside us and know what to do and sit with our emotions, sit with our feelings, and observe them without acting out on them. Um, and we're certainly not clued in to the difference between rea- uh, religion um, and and its purpose and what it was intend- intended originally for um, and and our spiritual nature and our true nature. You know, by that I mean our true, who we are, who, who, who you know. So, so, so in my early recovery, in my early recovery, I had some things happen, just some, some very vivid visions, dreams, um, and I needed some explanation, right? I, I did have that burning bush, Kyle, as you had referred to, which is something smashing did happen. And, um... And in that, I needed an explanation of what did I see and what did I feel, right? So the only way that I knew was to go back to what I had inherited as a kid, as a boy, right. which was church. Yeah. So in the Christian sense, because I'm American and I can't go running off to a bunch of and try to appropriate, you know, the Norse traditions of, you know, um, Odin. It just doesn't work for me. I just don't know it. 
maybe right. in another lifetime, but this one, I don't know him. And so I went back to mine, but this time I was going back with a vengeance. And by that, I mean I was not putting up with any bullshit narrative. I wanted to know the story, the true, true, na- the true story of Jesus of Nazareth. I wanted all of it undisclosed, as, as go as deeply as I could. And so I, and I actually told everybody at my church, that's why, that's why I'm here. <laughs> because don't try to, you know, Jesus loves me, this I know. I'm, I'm going to be out of here so quick. And I wanted the real story of that. I also wanted a true, real understanding that I could get my teeth into that was meaningful. And along with that, along with that, what I also did was immediately would go home and I would YouTube (laughs) the four horsemen of the apocalypse, which was Sam Harris, Christopher Hitchens, David Dawkins. I mean, you know, Rupert Sheldrake. And you get into the, the listening to these gentlemen and their debates and not with themselves necessarily, but certainly, well, yeah, with themselves. But it was great because it was the spiritual and religion. And they just tore it to pieces. And I needed to hear that too. I needed to hear both sides to this coin. I wanted to uncover my doubts. If I had doubts, I was going to go in and find those two and wrestle with those and sit with those. And if there was truths in it, that I found really disturbing. I wanted to sit with those as well, but I wanted, I was going to stop at nothing but my truth. And uh, that unfolded me deeper into a mystery. And that is what I like. And that is what, even if I don't like it, that's what I'm comfortable with. Right? Because um, I realized that everything that I thought when I was about eight or nine years old going into the church each Sunday, I was pretty much spot on. And by that, I mean, it was a metaphor. The service was a metaphor. The cross, the bloody cross hanging on the wall was a metaphor. It's, it's a symbol, but it's very, it can become very, very extremely powerful, but it's metaphorical to the individual. The whole service, everything about that, there's so much metaphor in it that it's there if you understand that and get out of the five sensory literal world. Now I was getting into something deeper, something richer, something more vibrant. I was returning to what I felt like was closer to my ground of being, which is isness. It's just, it just is. So, you know, but through all of it, it simultaneously, all my knowledge quest, and then, of course, that journey and going down the uh, the Anglican way, the Episcopal way, and understanding it's via media, it's in between Protestant, and it's in between Catholicism, it's just in between. It's the third way, meaning via media. It's the middle way. It, it's neither this nor that, and I started to realize, even with the tradition of that, which is based on the three-legged stool, 
um, that that it, it stands on the middle way. So that automatically it takes you out of a sense of dualism in your religious adherence. It opens your mind to a different different way. Now I'm not sitting here saying you know I'm not being an advocate right now for that any religion. But if you are of a religious faith tradition, I would hope that this knowledge quest that you go on, anybody, would find them deeper in their faith. Otherwise, you're 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 not deeply yeah. there, and you're you're there's a part of you that doesn't buy in. And here's the other part: is if you're not fully invested in that, I realized. When they're going really, really a death in the family, uh, uh, an unexpected tragic loss in your family, if if you are not firmly anchored in your faith belief, then it's gonna be it's gonna show, and it will crack on you, and you the jig will be up really, really quick. And I think across America right now, churches are on the decline church membership is on the decline as a whole and I think a lot of churches are closing and I, I, no, I shouldn't have I said know. I think I'm pretty yeah, positive no, on I've, that fact. I read it all the time. There's a lot of real estate out there because yeah. people today want truth. We have gone so far with science which is great which is awesome but our spirituality should be touching. Yeah. It, it's a, it's a quest. It's a quest to find ultimately well, back to you. Here's a question, though, and again, devil's advocate is um, as far as religion goes. So I think that part of your thing is is you're fairly inquisitive about things. Very right. You have to hey, be. Kyle is. I mean, I think we all are. Like we we're trying to expose truths or absolutely or whatever. But I would say a lot of people who are especially don't question anything they hear at church. You know, they go and they sit in the sit in the pew or watch it online or whatever. However, they go to church now and then they get home and say, well, this is this is the word of God. So I can't question this person that told me that this is the word of God and this is how I have to live my life. And I would say that generally the story and, and, the, and what they've been taught is probably good. Mm-hmm. But you know, is that the final answer? And that's really, I think, for people who question spirituality and religion on some levels, having and that was always my issue is like, well, how do we know? How do you know that this is the word of God? How do you know that this is the one true thing? Right? Like, there's been forty some thousand religions in the history of the world, and this is the only one that is true everyone else is going to he- to yeah. your hell mm-hmm. you that's know? definitely the knowledge um, quest that you have to go on to look right. at all the other faith traditions see how they're all they all differ and how they're all the right. same and going and, back and, to the, the church is closing I mean I, I see that all the time and part of the reason I became aware of it I mean other than reading articles is you know I'm always looking at these like 
cheap houses, you know, things to buy. There's a lot of real estate. And there's a lot of churches. Like, wow, there's this giant church, really cool old building in the middle of Minnesota with a giant basement. I could convert that to a garage and bicycles and shops. And we could turn the upstairs into a cool house. So I always see, like, all these churches for sale. And I think, you know, I I know... I think the part of the problem is is the, is the story is hard for people to grasp, and part of the thing is we're also attached to wanting that instant gra- and we've discussed this a billion times, so it's probably beating a dead horse. But that instant gratification, like the answer, you know, I got I got people that like you know what I'm doing on TikTok or whatever. And, and then everyone was like, "Oh, that's more important." What this? I want to be like that TikTok person, rather than I want to be a decent human being and work on myself inside. As long as I look good to the rest of the world, doesn't matter, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So we become more alienated, more disjointed from each other, more distant from whatever it is, God, the source, you know. And I think that there's this small amount of people, like people who listen to our podcast and us, that are trying to find answers, that are trying to become healthier, better, stronger. Um, but, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a challenge, right? Like, Absolutely. It's, it's, it's all disconnect. We're right. disconnected from ourselves. So we're disconnected from other people. We get d- disconnected from our communities which goes out further, we're disconnected with other people and other communities and other faith traditions, which disconnects us even further. And to, I mean, you can go as far as in non-dualism, you can go creation. Why am I so different than, you know, I mean, the Celtics, a lot of traditions, a lot of traditions, early indigenous traditions, believed absolutely that everything on the planet wasn't sold. So it was a brother, sister inherently because it was alive. So we're so far disconnected from that. We're disconnected from our neighbors. We're disconnected from uh, sometimes our families. And ultimately we get disconnected from ourselves and our true nature. And to go reclaim that, I think, is the essence of the spirit of the spirit the divine within me first that can reverse that process you know the old uh, one little stone in an enormous pond you know that's the ripple and it goes out but it has to be everyone taking responsibility to do that inner work to do that that shadow work to go to start this process there has to be a level of being open to to possibility and the unknown do you suppose do you suppose that being open starts to come through the a sort of an inherent curiosity that you're going to develop along the way? well i think it comes from a getting older developing a curiosity and not knowing the answers like when i was younger i was so freaking cocksure about all the answers i had the answers you're all full of shit you're stupid crazy ideas you know but as i get older i'm like yeah i don't know if that's really what i believed or what i espoused was necessarily you know it was my truth but i don't know if it was a truth 
right? Well, so yeah. I think we're looking for these truths, like, and, and I think there's, you know, this goes back to Joseph Campbell and his understanding of all these religions is there are some fundamental truths yes. that underlie all yes. of this. Yes. And to your point, the opposite of that control is curiosity. And, um, you know, I, what, oh my God, I forgot the, the, the Brene Brown that, uh, that guilt and shame cannot survive in compassion, mm. right? In a Petri dish of compassion, it just cannot survive. Mm-hmm. So this is the awareness that I spoke into earlier of where we start to open up and go, oh, I don't have the answers. And I think that's a beautiful form of letting go. And in the process of letting go slowly and loosening up my fingers and unballing that fist, I'm starting to come closer to the edge of surrender. Okay? And I think that's just enough to entice us at times, unless you do have a burning bush and you are ready to just fall off the abyss. That's rare far and few between and those are a gift but nonetheless they're just still a gift along the process that's not the end all being that's just those burning bush moments are still just the beginning of the process Mm -hmm. and to understand that as well is another beautiful thing but yeah we want to know we want to know and we we want to get, just give me the answer, as you had said earlier, Kyle. Just give me yeah. the answer. Don't, I, I, you know, but that we come to realize on the journey and loving your journey and loving your dragon is okay that I don't know. It's okay that I'm searching. And as you said earlier, I'm a seeker. Right. I'm neither right. this nor that. I'm just a. a fly i'm just passing through right. folks. well i'm just i mean to me i think the essence of being a seeker is you're just trying to find the answer and you're not necessarily thinking that one source has the answer yeah there you mm-hmm. go right you know because i've read a lot of different religious books from different religions and like yeah you know and all of them kind of like mm-hmm. yeah this is good yeah you know and a lot of them are good because they're like, here's the deal. You know, like, I don't have to, like, go through parables and metaphors and be like, what are they trying to say here? They're basically like, don't be a dick. Oh, okay. They're, yeah, I get they're, that. What, you know? what they're oh, all yeah. alluding right. to, if we really look at them, is you. And in, in you being your best self. Right. They're guides and stories to help guide us into a right way of thinking. Self-actualization. Self-actualization, as you had said. And as Mm -hmm. Carl Jung, the the individuation, you know, and that this this whole process. And then we can translate that into the alchemical and hermeticism and the, you know, the seven steps of that. And that ancient tradition, which was thousand years or two thousand years before Jesus walked the earth. So they're all and the Mayans and the Aztecs, they're all telling the same story is that your divinity is within you if you go on the path, but there's still that space in the fingertips here. Yeah. And it's not going to be handed to you. And and it is a process. Um, but 
you you had alluded earlier, and I'll touch on this before we probably got a split. Yeah, we should probably people's ears are it. probably just yeah. tired of They're us. Like, but wooed out. <laughs> and maybe another another show we can get into this deeper. But it's about everyone as going back to the beginning of this show is there is a time when we all have to answer a call and, and you know when that moment is and it's going to come in your life maybe it's midlife maybe it's early in your 20s maybe it's in your 50s 60s where you have a, a waking up and it's that moment of is this really all there is and it's a questioning of your meaning and your purpose and your yeah, I the think whole meaning of things, huge, but right? but then there's that call from the universe, as Campbell says. It's like a literally a phone call ringing to say, "Step into the new journey, the new you." But many of us will always hang up. We don't want to go there well, it's, because it's too scary. It's scary, and, and right? It, it's as hard. you had said earlier, right? as you had said earlier, why? Because we're a TikTok world. Uh, people have long before technology people have always been that way i don't want to stray too far from the tribe i'll get eaten that way so it's where's my safety and therefore i don't want to look outside the clan and be unlike anybody else because it's fear of what will people think of me Right, and so, that's huge. I to mean, go, that so, especially now, and and I I was reading something the other day about how the hardest, but one of the best things you can do is learn how to be yourself. Yes, right. Yes, I so, mean that's so freaking impossible if you think about it, because you got to wear all these masks. Like, you know, like for me, I'm like fuck you all the time, like. But, and, and which is funny because I just and it will go as my one of my gratitudes. But I just finished that Peter Bregan guilt shame and anxiety book, and near the end he's talking about how you need to take a day and just embody love. Wake wake up and say I have love in every situation I'm going to go into. I'm going to be love. Right. You're speaking in and years existence. ago I did this thing where I, it was like. Uh, it was trying to do uh, 24 hours without negative thought. And anytime you had a negative thought, you could catch yourself quickly. But if it went beyond like I'm having like the thought be- became whole, you had to reset your clock. Yes. Mm, yes. And it took me probably a year to go 24 hours without a negative thought. Like sometimes I'd like start to realize it was happening. I'm like, yeah, this is a pretty good one because fuck that guy. Right. <laughs> or whatever. Even though it was, you know, so. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so going back to this, right. it would 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 going on sort of the reclaiming of our spiritual center, would that not be the awareness of first off, why am I afraid to be unlike somebody else? And Campbell warned us in there in the hero's journey when he wrote that book in 1949 he warned us is that many people in the tribe are going to want to pull you back in and say why do you want to go out there Mm. why do you want to do that you should be happy you should be content with who you are and what you have but the seeker has to be stronger and says no i've got to go find my own path in the dark woods and not not anybody else's. Just like in the Holy Grail, where all the knights had to go in on different paths. If they were on somebody else's path, it wasn't their path. 
So they had to get off. Yes. You have to go. You, you have to cut your own path, and that means stepping outside of the fear uh, or, or of the sheep pack. Yeah, which is so, funny that you just brought up sheep because I was thinking of how a lot of uh, Christian churches call their parishioners the flock. You know, and I was like. You know, so no one picked up on that, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure I'm not. You know, yeah. and the food we get from yeah. the culture around us right now yeah. is is we can broaden yeah. this metaphor out. I mean, yeah. it's, it's typically food for sheep. It's not food right. for yeah. for lions or so. yeah. Anyhow, so, every time anyway. you were mentioning the Holy Grail, I look up at my little Holy Grail bobbleheads up there, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. from there Monty you Python. Go. So yeah, you know, the, well, what are your three gratitudes oh, today? Fuck. While we're at it, uh, this has been a weird week. I've been just kind of like, I don't know. Uh, boy, it's pretty bad when I can't even come up with one. That's all right. uh, I'm grateful for this little dude that was squeaking in here and barking. <laughs> and, you know, like sometimes I look at him and that dog doesn't have a mean bone in his body. He's always got that smile on his face and just wants to play and love. So I'm super grateful for the dogs. Uh, yeah, we actually took him for a first walk in a long time today, which was good because I've noticed my gait is kind of sucking. Like my walking is not as good as it should be because I've been not doing much. So I'm grateful that the dogs are there and made me take a walk. So I could use that as two gratefuls, I suppose. Um, but I won't. Uh, no, reclaiming your health, buddy. That's a good well, one. Well, yeah, but I, I'm not like the least healthy I've been in years, I feel like, right now. Um, there's my man. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I'm just grateful that we got a roof over our head and uh, some level of safety. A house got, there was, I don't know if you guys saw it on the news, but a house got broken into a couple doors, a few doors down Ooh, last week. Some kind of guy pushed the air conditioner in, climbed in, bummer, took his pants off, uh, oh boy, okay. <laughs> uh, tried attacking the woman. Her husband is in the military and he was in California and uh, broke the dog's leg because it was sleeping under the air conditioner. Oh, my gosh. And she fought the dude off, and he took off. But um, So I'm uh, grateful that I have three. Well, Peanut would definitely. Peanut has that guard dog element. Um, and I'm grateful that uh, if someone comes in my house... I don't have any compunction about taking care of business, <laughs> right? You know, because okay. you know it's my castle, and my wife is very important. And if someone, mm-hmm. you know, saw a thing, you know, the, the saying uh, "fuck around and find out." So yeah, it's test that assumption and find out what the outcome is is right. the new way to say it. Yeah. So, um, so, and then, uh, you know, I'm grateful that we're going to get some cooler weather this week because I, I don't know if it's just the heat or what, but me and the dogs have been sleeping a lot the last <laughs> week. Like, I go out and do something for about an hour, and then I'm like, I'm going to take a nap. So, yeah. I guess it's good that I don't have to work and I can actually just go and take a nap in the middle of the day. Yeah. But, I don't know. So, those are my three. Not the greatest that's so, all right. It's good. It's good. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. At least they weren't, you know, I wasn't repeating what I'd done before. Except dogs, you know. Look at that dude. He look at out. Look at this little fella. Kyle, what about you? Oh, I'm going to steal one of yours. 
Um, that's a dog. Um, I am. I'm just. I very grateful for. I'm grateful that I have all of my basic needs met. I think that that's something I I take for granted to have running water and shelter and you know last night we we got a bunch of hail out here and i was just incredibly grateful that i had a, yeah. a roof over my head that i did we had these marble sized hails coming down that kind of knocked me unconscious and i think i just um you know grateful for to have a bed and run water and clothing and food in the refrigerator i am um I'm grateful for my wife. She hasn't been doing well this last couple of weeks with her health, and she's feeling a lot better. And very grateful for her and how strong and powerful that woman is. I love her to death. And I am grateful. I'm, God, I'm always grateful for you guys. I feel like we, mm-hmm. like, it's t- like I'm like exhausted after that conversation because that made me think so deeply. <laughs> Like, you know, but that's not, that's not a bad thing. I think it's, I I think I just love sitting down and having conversations with you guys. And I'm, I'm really glad that we, we did this, you know, I'm really glad for this podcast, you know, right on. You just took mine, um, (laughs) one of mine, but, uh, definitely I'm grateful. I always got to start with health. Yeah, I, we're gonna we're my gonna health. have to stop because that's every week. Yeah, I know. So I if know. you got the same three <laughs> but, gratitudes but, every week, that's that's like a cop out. Yeah, no, but it's not because oh, I'm like I'm like yeah. I, I I take inventory of my body all the time, you know, because I'm no spring chicken. But I'm just going, good God, I I feel I'm great, you know. And it's like, wow, was I just not aware of it? You know, all my life, or just yeah, you don't realize you know, how bad you feel until um, you start feeling good. Yeah, yeah, you know? and it's like I just I don't know, but uh, everything is just clicking in my my world right now, and I'm just staying positive to sort of maybe I don't know which come first. If it's my attitude that I'm making sure that it stays uh, positive, or 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 how it the energy of the vibration of the world works i the universe works i don't know but um i'm really grateful for my occupation and what i get to do um which is this very very thing um all day long for the most part and uh help others in recovery and it's just that's just such a fulfilling life and i really dig that i'm really grateful for See, I can't say you guys. I was going to say you guys in this this whole time be, to yes, sit down, but yes. I'm going to I'm going to throw in my definitely my family, mm. my family, um, yeah, and my friends and my close friends. I got a friend in Wisconsin that constantly stays in touch with me. I love her dearly, and uh, um, yeah, man, it's it's just great. It's it's wonderful. So that's all I got. Cool. All right. Well, thank well, you guys. Next week we got a yeah. guest. We actually do. We have Woo. a guest that we've been trying to get in here for a while next oh, week. Sweet. And so that will be a lots of fun. Yeah. Love talking with her. So yeah, that'll be good. Um, yeah. So thank you everyone for listening and tune in to next week with our next guest, Danny. All right. Who's got the bowl? Kyle, pass me the bowl. <laughs>